1: It is time for shack outs, but first, a quick word from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf that continues to dominate on tour with the most worldwide putter wins this year, recently eclipsing 50 total wins. And you know, because so many of you, thankfully, uh, entered our contest, the Odyssey O-Works red and black putters are out, and uh, they're based on wonderful, extensive, brilliant feedback from the tour pros. These putters offer innovative new head shapes and finishes, coupled with revolutionary top spin generating micro hinge insert to help you make putts. The red head color has been generating a ton of interest with the world's best players and you all. The uh, o Red and O-Works Blacks are in store now, so go experience a new way to roll in red or black today. And congratulations to Ben Gallagher and Clark G. Black, who will be taking home a red, I believe, house. Yes, and then the black putter goes to Jason Sato. Congratulations. Nice handicapping on the PGA Championship. Let's go to the Shack House. House, greetings from uh, Carlsbad today. I'm in uh, Callaway land. How are you today?
0: That's nice. Did they let you touch any of the equipment, Shack?
1: Uh, no, no equipment. Uh, the equipment has been taken away. We're redoing the performance center here. So, uh, it's the less glamorous side of golf architecture. Well, that's but exciting. I, I, I,
0: I can't wait to invite myself out there. Remind oh, me is I'm the sure performance center at Callaway, something that the, the general public can sign up for and go experience the full Callaway treatment.
1: No. So thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is a design lab more than anything.
2: Ah, uh, the and, design lab. Uh, so,
1: Yes, it's it's a, and that's what we're trying to do is make it a little more design friendly for for testing clubs and hitting shots and all that good stuff. So it's a pretty cool place, but of course you have to be a very special person to uh to be designing golf clubs today and God knows you and I will not be doing that and shouldn't be doing that.
0: We are not special uh, but, people uh, and 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 speaking of of which I am in a not well I'm in a actually kind of a special place. I'm in Orlando, Florida of all things at the mm. Motor Shack. A little well, bit did of you get Disney. To watch some
1: of the Spellbinding first round of the playoffs.
0: It really was spellbinding, and I did get to watch uh, more than a little bit. How about that?
1: It was a good finish, um, but it definitely it was a, good a little bag bit of, a, a, of an energy. Yeah, something was missing. Well, notwithstanding,
0: um, maybe maybe so, but it's still uh, fourth highest-rated yeah. uh, television uh, golf broadcast this season. Yeah,
1: I got a little uh, a little <laughs> a little tip that those ratings may be coming down. Um, oh. And we, we should say we are, we are doing this show thinking of all the people in Texas. And uh, that may be one of the reasons that, that some of those ratings may have accounted for folks in uh, various cities in Texas watching uh, what the, the computer thought was golf and was actually live coverage of the tragedy taking place in, uh, in our, our fourth largest city in this country. So we'll see. We'll yeah. find out. The point is, nice tournament. Um, Great leaderboard. I mean, as good a leaderboard as we've had this year, and um, so anyhow, it was it was pretty exciting to see those two guys go head to head, and the contrast in their games I think was really fun. And then of course it it played out on that on the the, the playoff hole, the 18th, with DJ just taking that incredible line. Now I don't know if you saw on Twitter today, there were some people unhappy, like Ian Poulter, about that uh, ability of his to take advantage of the course, that only five players in the field could do so, which I thought was uh, some rather short-sighted whining from Ian, which is, is saying a lot because I think he knows better. But did, did you happen to catch any of that? There were people feeling like that was a poor hole to decide a golf tournament on because one player had such a, a huge advantage.
0: Also, oh, that's an interesting... Uh... Segway, I did not see any of that today. The three takeaways I had um, from the tournament, in the first place, you touched on it. Unbelievable leaderboard that fulfills precisely the goal of this playoff format, right? This is why you have this, this narrowing down to 125. It is uh, expressly intended to put the very best players together in a drive towards, uh, you know, uh, a a conclusion. I was gonna say climax, but I want to stay away from that because I'm gonna talk yeah, about Tigers was, that was a Tiger's driver later. Yeah, right. Uh so so in that respect, you know, kind of nice pat on the back, right, to, to the PGA and, and, and uh I mean to the tour and to the um to the designers of this concept in a way, right? A little feather in their cap no, to that.
1: I, no I can't I, agree you, with that.
0: You're not prepared to go there. <laughs>
1: It's just dead. I mean, it's ridiculous. The whole system is built. The the problem is they call it a playoff, okay? So and this you have, is your problem. Is you, have a, around,
0: you have a P-word uh, problem.
1: I have a P-word problem. It's not the only P-word this week that, uh, that that was a little bit awkward for, for the, the golf world. But I do have a problem with the idea of using that word and then protecting people, coddling them to get them to the finish and resetting points. I really believe if it was a true playoff and there was a real urgency to it, it would be fascinating. It would be fascinating if Hideki Matsuyama comes out, misses a cut, and loses points. Or or maybe somebody has an amazing year and they go, you know what, I'll see you at Eastlake. I'm going to take my chances and rest. You know, there could be dynamics that are different, but it's just not set up that way. It's set up to, to kind of... Um, Keep people around and reward the season-long race, which I understand, but you can't have both worlds. That's all I'm saying. You, need, you either need to make it a real cutthroat playoff and thank the season points race for getting people there or something else, because right now it's, just, it, it's just flat.
0: Well, it nearly accomplishes what you're after. You can take off too. this week and next week and still um, advance, right?
1: He could, yeah. F- he could have if he wanted to. So you're, you're, um, you're,
0: you. But you want um, a true bye week all the way to the championship. That fits more of what you're after. If, if you're going to no, no, reward no. guys I'm for after, performance during the season.
1: Yeah, what I'm after is fine. Get them there, whatever. But when it comes to the playoffs, you need to play really well. And if you stink it up or you skip tournaments, which has happened, that you get severely penalized. And they don't want to do that because this was designed by algorithms around Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and getting them to, to the finish. And I understand television wants stars, and uh, but playoffs are about drama. They're about upsets. They're about strange things happening. And um, that's what this has always lacked. Now, that said, I really do think when they they reimagine this here pretty soon, we're going to see some of these changes. I think you're going to see one less playoff event. And more importantly, I think when they get to East Lake. They're going to finally. I mean, they don't even have a cut at East Lake. There should be a a Saturday cut, perhaps, or something along those lines. I think that I've been hearing rumblings that that's what they're building towards, and then a last day with you know the last four standing, the last eight standing, or something.
0: I feel like we're we're quibbling a little on the margins, though. I mean, this is still in sort of. you know, golf, competitive, uh, televised golf entertainment, a pretty new concept. And they've been tweaking it um, over the years. Uh, yeah, and I yeah, think, yeah. you know, sort of f- format-wise, the, the thing that's awkward is the timing, which is, you know, catching, trying to catch the sporting public at a dead moment right. on the sports calendar. Uh, and then the collision with football, NFL football, that, that needs to get cleaned up. And it sounds like, you know, the folks, uh, the powers that be are working on that. I, I yeah, my, yeah I had we'll see. Two other takeaways that I'm interested in getting okay. your thoughts on. So I thought Glen Oaks really acquitted itself quite beautifully. I thought it was a terrific challenge. Um, I liked the variety of holes. I, I liked um, the drama on 17 and 18 of of DJ and Speeth. I mean, Speeth saved an unbelievable par on 17, and then DJ had to do it on 18. I I uh, during you know the the regulation play. So I, I didn't have any problem with um 18 and 18 for dj no, was no. the ultimate risk reward and he saved right. i mean he 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 pulled it out at exactly the the, the highest leverage moment right i mean that was <laughs> he it was gonna be a <laughs> no, sw- me, or swim, literally, it? About- what do you want to call it call it something else then call it whatever you
1: want the sun death playoff the big okay. moment but it was a I, big moment, get, and he brought no. out
0: he he brought out the big one, and he put it on the table.
1: <laughs> he did it. I, I completely agree, and and that's the problem with somebody like Poulter complaining about that. You, there's two different debates. There's two guys hit it so far that they render things obsolete, and then is there really some place in the game for that kind of distance? And that was the beauty of that hole was that there should be a place. Uh, Alistair McKenzie, all these guys wrote about that. You don't want to discourage risk-taking and somebody who uses their power that way. And he did it. That was pretty ballsy to do what he did, uh, but he, you know, right. it didn't go so well in regulation. And he pulled off a huge shot. And uh, it, was, it was phenomenal. So, no, that was great. And, I love that finishing hole. Just in that way, thing, it was really neat.
0: Right. We're in total agreement. The other observation... Uh, it wasn't. He didn't win it on the drive. He won it on the 95 no. yarder that he stuck to three feet.
1: So it was the uh, combination so you know of power and
0: finesse.
1: Right, but what people seize, and I and I've been guilty of it. You seize on a number that's eye opening like that, and you can understand why people uh, get get uh, kind of. I mean, we we did at the U.S. Amateur for for four or five days. We just just could We just were in awe of some of these driving distance numbers. And but then you also watch the way they play the rest of the hole, and it's pretty darn good too. But it's it's easy to. Get caught up in those numbers because they are kind of eye opening it's, it's, it's-, it's
0: eye opening under the circumstances and that that for sure yeah. i mean the you yeah. know the length of drives over the course of the last handful of seasons has been you know i i don't i'm not i'm interested in seeing uh, data wise whether um, this season um, was you know, markedly different from the past two or three seasons. I, I expect it to be all in line. I don't think that this season, it didn't strike me as being – I haven't seen any sort of um, macro analysis of, of driver distance or driving distance among the, no. the pros this year.
1: We're going to know. Um, we'll know si- pretty soon. They – But, you know, like that drive doesn't count in the number that the governing bodies are looking at. I mean, they only look at the driver hole numbers, which has kind of made some people think they're kind of cherry picking the numbers. But, um well, we'll, well, I, I don't care. Soon. I mean,
0: I, I'm I'm interested in the entertainment component of it, and nothing sure, was sure. more entertaining than watching him take out that big stick and hammer it. So that was, you know, it, it delivered. It, it was exactly what the viewing public wanted in that moment. You know, he took he took an opportunity and created an extra bit of drama where um, sure. it otherwise, you know, w- wouldn't have existed. And that again. Kudos to the golf course. Now, here's the other thing, drama-wise, that I want to get your thoughts on. This is the third uh, time Jordan Spieth has had a lead in kind of recent um, memory and, and well, recent experience and had a little bit of a, of a step backwards, um, letting folks, you know, catch up to him. And this time he wasn't able to close the door. Now, this is not a knock on Spieth. At all, I'm just sort of curious about um, your thoughts on him kind of f- flirting with uh, disaster and how it took to me the, the extraordinary performance by DJ, the flawless performance by DJ is what um, permitted DJ to um, jump over Jordan and 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 Jordan. Uh, we didn't get that out of Kucher at the British and no. Daniel Daniel Berger was 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 right there with Speeth and it took something extraordinary from Speeth. To slam the door um, at the travelers, uh, is there anything about what you observed in Jordan's play? Now, Jordan shot two under on the back nine. Yeah, his faltering. Two under, he yeah. he let he let DJ back in um, on the front nine. But is there anything in terms of what you what you've observed um, these last three um, tournaments I'm talking about here, where Jordan had a lead um, and the, and the somebody from the field caught him? Um, is there anything any any conclusion to reach from that?
1: I don't think so. No, I think he gets a little uh, a little erratic still with the driver that he isn't very pleased about that component of his game. But I think the thing that you, if you're evaluating that performance, you have to keep in mind, and we saw it with several players, they had that basically wedge out rough right off the fairway, and uh, to have to just miss a drive and just be in that and see, I mean, see what some of the the, the players who are out there now how strong they are and see some of the shots they hit. Told you how thick and ridiculous it was. And we don't see that very often anymore. That that rough that's just right off the, the fairway that's just absurd chip out stuff. And uh, people I like it. Used to love that. I yeah, still there do. you go. So there you go. I'm old. That's uh, why I'm old. Stupid. So you can blow it thirty yards right into the trees and get a, a nice lie off the stuff that's pushed down by the fans and have a recovery. But you just miss a tee shot and you're you're screwed. I, I hate that kind of golf. It's dreadful. And, okay. it, and by the way, the players hate it and it makes them mad. And I think that's part of the reason the energy was a little bit flat there. They see that kind of set up and they just, they just get annoyed very quickly. That's some just, well, just it, I know these are first world it, problems we're discussing, but.
0: It, it didn't affect the, uh, glorious leaderboard.
1: No, no, it didn't. Um, other than, you know, a few people who, who didn't have great weeks. Um, so anyhow, well, uh, you know, great, great, great group of names, um, more importantly, this week is the TPC of Boston, which uh, has two new holes. Uh, Gil Hance is updated the 12th and 13th, and it's just always one of the best attended events and, and one of the usually one of the most interesting tournaments and always has a, a great leaderboard, uh, helped by, of course, the playoffs. Um, and it may be the second to last one, so <laughs> soak it up. We're not sure what the fate of this tournament is going into the um, 2019 uh, reimagined schedule. So. Well, this Uh, tournament is one of my favorites. Um, Yeah, me too. And
0: I understand like, you know, how it falls uh, on the calendar and why it's at risk um, in terms of Hmm. uh, its place. But I absolutely love the Friday to Monday um, format over over Labor Day weekend. I wish every holiday that golf falls on would would play out that way. I I enjoy it very much.
1: It was a, a great move. And so we'll see. Um, I think it's something to watch. Though I I refuse to believe they're going to kill this event, but um, you know, Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the tour, used to be the tournament director. We talked to him about that when he was on earlier this year. And they've got great crowd support, whereas the New York event is is less consistent. But you know how these bodies of golf are—they're all obsessed with the New York market, and so they're they're going to oversaturate that market for the next uh, through 2024. Meanwhile, up in up in that area of Boston where that's that course is not that centrally located and it's uh, it's not a perfect spectator course, but it's pretty good. And they get great crowds, great support. So I, I just don't know how they get rid of it. So anyway, but we'll see. They got a couple more new holes that are that are fitting. They look like old holes and. It'll be okay. a, it'll be another fun finish, I think. Yeah, Gail's I think Gail's pretty excited to see what the guys think of number twelve. Some of the feedback he's gotten, <laughs> As he was telling me, has been pretty funny so far. But you know, the guys haven't seen it. Somebody sent him a drawing, and they asked him to to tell them what they thought. Which is which is uh, not that's like somebody getting a, a transcript of this brilliant conversation we're having and and, and evaluating it off of that. So
0: oh, uh, look, instead of uh, hearing her. I- I, I dare I dare somebody to do that. We have a whole bunch of things, Shaq, we haven't been on yeah, in a couple of weeks. We yeah. have a whole slew of things that we're not going to talk about. We're just going to touch on them. We're not going to talk about them. Four or five or six oh. topics. But before we get there, how about a word from our pals at SeatGeek? As you know, Shaq, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there's a simpler, better way to buy, and that is with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. They have a seamless mobile experience. You can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. Listen... That was loud. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. I use that word, amazing deals and to get the most bang for your buck SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget and it doesn't end with sports plenty of concert comedy and theater tickets available too. Dave Chappelle just announced 10 shows in Washington D.C. right in the heart of downtown Shaq I might go to I'm I'm looking for a nine out of ten for the Dave Chappelle and I guarantee you that SeatGeek is going to be my vehicle for this best of all Shaq daddy our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first Seek Geek purchase. To get that $20 rebate, friends, Download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and click add a promo code. Enter promo code HOUSE. That's H O U S E. SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase, and that is $23 back in your po- pocket. $23. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code HOUSE today. Make SeatGeek your go to's ticket source for all things PGA and beyond. Beautiful. And also, of course, pals, we are brought to you by Callaway. At this point, there's no way, Shack House friends, you have not heard about the Epic driver with jailbreak technology. We gave one of those bad boys away at the master's time. It's a game-changing driver, and it is definitely living up to its name, and the proof lies in the tremendous increase in ball speeds that pros and amateurs like me, and Shaq's not quite an amateur. He's better than amateur. We are seeing unbelievable increase in ball speeds from that jailbreak technology. Epic is pushing the boundaries of performance to a new level, which is why Epic is the number one selling driver in 2017. So ask yourself, why are you not playing Epic? Speaking of not playing Epic, here are four or five things that we're not going to talk about. And the very first one, speaking of playing with big drivers, d- did you did you see the pictures? There were some pictures that hit the internet. It was kind of at a weird time in the news cycle. Uh, Tiger Woods made an appearance on the internet um, with a former girlfriend. Did you see those pictures? We're not going to talk about it, but did you see them?
1: Better than most.
0: Wow. We're not talking about it. Yeah. All I can say, Shaq. Wow. All right. Tell me, tell me one thing on your list that we're not going to talk about.
1: Well, we're not going to talk about because I'll just ramble on forever about the uh, epic U.S. amateur here in Los Angeles uh, and the upcoming Walker Cup, which we will talk about. I'm going to force you to hear about the Walker Cup at some point, probably after and we line up a couple of guests because it will turn out to be Another epic event uh, in in golf, and, and really one of the most amazing. But no, I'm not going to belabor the the greatness of the U.S. Amateur and, and wear you down with that. Um, that's a positive, lively one. That was, I think it's worth that a, was my positive one. Uh, I right? was trying to keep it light. I have a feeling you're trying that to get nice something negative out of me, though.
0: No, I'm not trying. I mean, I, I am psyched to hear about the Walker cup. I'm not kidding. And that is being competed this year at the LACC. Is that right?
1: Yeah. 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 I will get in a plug because we do need some people to come out. It was a little embarrassing at the U S amateur, uh, that we didn't have a crowd until Sunday following the match, but the Walker cup house is the best spectating event in golf. I apologize to the people at at the masters. They, they have the best event in golf, but for pure spectating, there is nothing like a Walker Cup. You have, uh, uh, you have eight singles matches the first day, ten the second day. You've got foursomes in the morning both days. You walk right with the players. You get to hear them uh, talk with their caddies. You get to see some of the gamesmanship up close. You get the tension. You're on one of the greatest golf courses on the planet in the middle of L.A. You get to park on the beautiful south course. Uh, and if you do, please be nice to our nice, uh, beautiful hazards that we just created over there. You're right uh, by Westwood, by Beverly Hills. You can go have a drink at the new Waldorf Astoria right down the street or the Peninsula or any uh, about 400 other, you know, uh, uh, important places in the city of L.A. are right there. Um, it's an amazing event. And uh, so if anybody's around or thinking of coming, well, the last one at the National Golf Links was was wild. So it, well, was, uh, it was. you get to watch, I mean, President Bush was there, Michael Bloomberg, there are all sorts of interesting people. Steve Croft, I would talk to him. I, I, it's a long list of name-dropping I could do, but it's, it's, it's amazing. And the players are just um, – the, the passion that comes out, these amateur golfers, 10 from the U.S., 10 from Great Britain and Ireland, it's, it's a blast. And future yeah, stars. I,
0: I was a forever uh, devotee to the Walker Cup based on the, the last at, na- at the National. Watching the National on television was, yeah. uh, you know, speaking of better than It wasn't on enough.
1: Most, Frankly, really yeah. So the good news is that. Fox will be on six hours a day Saturday and Sunday, so there'll be lots of coverage, and uh, and, and they'll uh, you'll get to see L.A. Country Club where the U.S. Open's going to be played. And uh, most people have never seen it, or uh, if they have, they've just driven by, and it's a chance to walk the grounds. Or if you're watching the telecast, it'll be amazing. And there's no PGA Tour golf that weekend, so it should get uh, it should get some eyeballs on Fox Sports One.
0: All right, cool. Well, that that was a long. Um yeah. discussion of that a topic was, yeah. that we weren't going to discuss. You should at least mention the outstanding um, one-two finish for the for the USAM, Doc Redman and Doug Gim. Is that right?
1: Oh, yeah. Doug Gim, very good, yes. I mean, uh, that, that was an incredible yeah, end. It really was. And, you know, usually in match play, you get a match where it has great moments, but then at some point somebody starts to pull away or both players start to get a little bit um, tired or ragged. These two, they weren't as good in the morning, but of course they finished off the morning roundhouse at Riviera with rock hard greens um, playing it pretty tough uh, with a 31 and a 32 on the back nine for the two of them. And uh, they, they, yeah, they made a few, one or two bogeys to to have one hole and they, they, they uh, made a few parts, but the afternoon match was just breathtaking. The putts made the way they kept going. And it was one of those kind of, and then it went to, to sudden death and it was sort of sad that anybody had to lose. But then of course it went to the 10th hole Riviera and, and uh, it didn't pan out well for Doug Gim and this kid, um, Doc Redman had never played Kukuya. Uh, It'd never been anywhere I, in, in California. Any, any, I think to play golf, never seen really good Paula greens like these. It was just an amazing performance. He made everything and he's going to be he's only 19 uh, goes to Clemson. So he'll be on that Walker cup team as will Doug Gim and, uh, Doug's a senior at Texas and, and, a, and a great player and his dad was a real character watching him, him caddy for it. So so yeah. It was great for the U.S. Amateur which let's be honest House is kind of, it's taken a hit a uh, sorts with kind of the way guys turn pro earlier. Uh, I don't like all the guys wearing corporate stuff. I like when they're in their college gear or, or Doug was wearing, you know, he's a diehard Cubs fan. He was wearing Cubs stuff and real, really inspired by their win and the World Series. I don't like seeing guys out there in in uh in corporate hats. It just doesn't it, it I think it takes away from and and has taken away from amateur golf. Well,
0: um I mean this with all all due respect. I I don't care. Um but I did want to make sure that we gave Doc and Doug a shout out because yeah. um you hit the point. They're both on that Walker Cup team. Another reason to check out yeah. um the, the that Walker Cup broadcast. Now we have one other topic that um we're not gonna talk about <laughs> at length. Rory and McElroy I'm gonna oh. we're gonna talk yeah we're gonna talk about Rory McElroy. We're not gonna talk about Rory McElroy. We're gonna agree to We're not, not gonna talk, talk about, about Rory. how he
1: said he's really looking forward to time off to get back to the gym so he can get stronger, so he can hit more balls even though he's hurt and he keeps hurting himself. That is that what we were not going to talk about that part So here's
0: what's crazy about that and I don't want to talk about it for very long, the sheer proximity in announcements from the moment that he got up on the, on the podium. Uh, and I don't remember the event. Was it at, uh, where, where was he? Where he said, that's it. I'm done. I need, I really need the rest. What was that event?
1: Oh, well, the PGA championship. He was, it he was, was, was saying PGI. he was a- going to evaluate. He didn't commit fully, but he was pretty much saying, I'm I'm likely shutting it down. I'm moving in yeah, that direction. Right.
0: Of course, yeah, and it made sense. It's it's exactly what um a lot of us who've been watching him this season have felt kind of disappointed by his um the way the season has gone for him, um, just because of again, I, I say this uh, too many times, his his unbelievable talent and it looks like this year is gonna be a lost year. Because he's playing under duress, and his he he's had you know multiple moments of duress. He's had injury duress. He's had uh, equipment duress, and you know it seemed like finally he he'd reached kind of the breaking point. And it was barely a week later. Again, we're not really talking about this. Barely a week later. No, no, later we don't want
1: to talk about this.
0: That yeah. he announces, well, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the full playoff um, schedule a go. Even though I, I acknowledge that I'm, I'm pretty exhausted and the best thing would be for me to shut it down, let my body rest and recuperate, um, I'm going to give the playoffs a go. Who, who, so here's my thing that I don't want to talk about, Shaq. Who do you think put right. the idea in his head that maybe he should keep playing? Where did that come from?
1: I don't know. I don't know. You know, his, uh, maybe the, the, the wife is already ready to keep him out of the house and, and, you know, she's got some, they're doing some renovation work. Maybe she didn't want him around playing designer. I don't know. Uh, well, that's very, uh, I, can't, I can't think of anybody else.
0: That's a very charitable way of thinking about it. And we're going to use that charity. <laughs> I want you to keep that charitable view because we caught up with our pal, Malcolm Gladwell. Um I had yeah. him uh, a couple weeks ago we were able to knock out some some dialogue around uh McDonald's french fries. We're trying to bring back the OG french fries, the french fries that were cooked in a compound that included the old beef tallow, the old divine yeah. McDonald's oh, french fries. We want to bring them back. Um but you know if I I, I could not let Malcolm escape without sitting him down and making him you know, share with me where he was coming from on, on his diss of golf, because his very first right. revisionist history this season, the second season of his outstanding podcast. I'm a Malcolm fan generally, but oh, he yeah. disc golf, disc golf in a way that was uh, uh, unacceptable. And we called him on it when it, when it occurred, I used an F word, uh, I told him to F himself and he was gracious right. enough to, to go ahead and indulge a little conversation with me about where he was coming from and what the idea was and why he was, he was, he's taking on golf. And you'll get you, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to listen to this yet, Shaq, have you had a chance to listen to it?
1: No. in in my epic tech disaster day today, that was on my list. And I, I also didn't get to listen, but I did listen first though, to the conversation on house of carbs, which was a great uh, episode. Uh, but I, I just want to paint a picture for you, House. I'm listening to you, uh, and you're so sweet and gentle to him. Mean, it was just touching. Uh, I'm walking at the farmer's market, listening to the show, looking at all these beautiful, fresh fruits and vegetables and healthy food and listening to you two talk about trying to get these French fries back to where they're they're supposed to be. With the beef tallow and and really really just so people will go there and drink more Coca Cola and eat these no, things. No, 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 uh, no. And about and then thinking of the evil game of golf, which gets people out exercising. Granted, a lot of rich people, and I understand that Malcolm doesn't like that and taking up prime real estate. But I just thought it was an interesting juxtaposition that he's he's working so hard to get McDonald's uh, back up and and to its its rightful place. Uh, and and hating golf, I, I was struggling with that as I looked at beautiful f- fruits and vegetables.
0: Well, you you'll you'll be mildly relieved. I don't want to. Uh, I'm going to let the the bit speak for itself. But Malcolm did confess at the outset that part of how strong he came at that was for the purposes of of the the podcast. I mean, you know, he is if oh, nothing I else. That. Yeah. You know, he's an entertainer as, as well just, as oh, you know the, the many. He's yeah. uh, the many, many talents he possesses. So he, he, no, he knows think, how to take, he knows, he knows a hot take Shaq. He knows how to deliver a hot take.
1: And, and as we discussed before, it's important for golf to hear these things, to see how people perceive it. And, and these are things that they're going to keep happening for the sport. And some of them are legit. A lot of them are not. So I get that. I, I just, uh, and I, and I think he is an entertainer and I love, I love the way he researches and, and, and thinks about things. I just don't feel like his logic on it was 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 solid and that's probably why you told him to F off in the show. How did that go over? Did he hear the actual audio? Did he listen?
0: We didn't we didn't cross that bridge. <laughs> I don't know.
1: All right, well I, let's hear this conversation alone. with Malcolm.
0: I was sitting across the table from him, so I left it alone. Yeah, let's 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 <laughs> jump over and hear this chat with Malcolm. <laughs> Early in in, in the, the it was the first episode of revisionist history this season, which was golf. Uh, I think that one was called "A Good Walk
2: Spoiled," a famous Mark Twain line about golf. I'm sure you're familiar. Yes, indeed,
0: indeed. Uh, I myself um, not only am a of a lover of golf, but I happen to host uh, a, a co-host a golf focused podcast here on the Ringer Podcast Network called Check Out. And uh, I had to take a little bit of umbrage with with your observations yeah. Yeah. In, in, in your golf podcast. And the reason now, look, you took on some some interesting yeah. uh, uh, elements of kind of golf r- related um, uh, complaints that are that are fine and well suited, but you had to say that you hated golf I, and, that you, and you tried- wanted everybody to hate
2: golf too. I was just uh, that that was just a. That was a, I was taking some liberties to get people like yourself stirred up. I was stirred. It was the first episode of the season and I feel like he got open with a bang. And I thought, <laughs> what better thing? But I mean, listen, who, wa- I, who watches the majors? I do. I don't watch normal PGA events, Sure. But I have watched, I mean, I've watched every, every masters for 25 years. I mean, I watched the, when Nicholas came storming back in 86, who was glued to the television? I was. So I don't hate golf. What I hate is uh, when golf courses, particularly the fancy ones in L.A., are getting taxpayer subsidies. That's just wrong.
0: So this is interesting to me. I had not heard of Proposition 13 until your podcast. So thank you very much for introducing me to that. And it's effing mind-blowing yeah. in the sense that it, it's basically a resolution that was passed in 1978 um, you know, by the California legislature, that froze the property tax. If you owned any property in 1978, the property tax that you would pay would be one percent to two percent higher each year for as long as yeah. of it. that is that is that is I'm sorry I have to curse again. That is fucking incredible. Yeah. Right? In yeah. and of itself. Yeah. And that has cost the state of California. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we get up to T the T word, but it's in the in the hundreds of billions of dollars in missed opportunity with with property tax. I mean, th- think about you know something as stupid
2: as as the water challenge that California is is confronted by, or, or the, the or the rising tuitions at Cal. I mean, the Cal system used to used to be the greatest public university system in the in the world. The the single highest
0: income tax in the United States of America on state residents is is in California and it's essentially the trade-off that they've made mm-hmm. for, you know, the, to, to pay the
2: price of this frozen property tax conceit. Yeah, it's absurd. It's now, it's beyond absurd. I mean, it's like it's it's so absurd it's you know people I mean it's impossible even to have a kind of a reasonable conversation anymore about it because there's nothing to say
0: one and the the politicians every year that that come come to bear take a look at it and say, you know, we just can't muster the political appetite now at some point, we're forty years in at this. The folks um, enjoying this, uh, notwithstanding all the grandfathering and exceptions and everything. And I, your, your complaint really runs to the exceptions that apply to the Country Club. Mm-hmm. You know, they were able to successfully, um, you know, broker an just, arrangement. Just
2: to be clear, L.A. Country Club, which is probably the land on which L.A. Country Club in Beverly Hills is based, is probably worth $10 billion. They are paying $120,000 a year in property tax. $120,000 a year on $9 billion of property. Fine. That is like, that's so unbelievable. That, these are some of the richest people in America who belong to that club. And they're basically paying pennies on well, the
0: dollar. But they're also paying the highest income tax. You know, they're, they're residents of the state of California. So they're paying through their, their income tax.
2: Yes. Well, I mean, the, as someone who's a state. resident of New York State, I, I don't have <laughs> any sympathy for New York City. I mean, I, I pay unlike them. I don't even, not only do I pay New York state property taxes, I pay New York city City income taxes on top of that. That's
0: right. So I don't
2: have any. Well, I'm not, you're not going to hear
0: me muster a a, a big defense of. of,
2: Can I make, can I, can I bring up something? I I brought this up with Simmons. He was curiously muted on the subject of the special (laughs) tax breaks for Los Angeles private country clubs. And the thought occurred to me is it possible that that our patron saint, Bill Simmons, belongs to one of those white guy privileged co- country clubs? I, I, you know,
0: I've never been to one with him. I, I I don't know one way or the other. Wait, he's never taken you to a... I, 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 I haven't played golf in Los Angeles yet, as, uh, which is, you know... That, wait, it,
2: that's unbelievable. These he's are some there, of the, lived there a long time. These are some of the greatest golf courses in the country. I have a, I have a long way to go. I've only been doing this podcast 18 months. You're, you're allowed, by the way, the one golf course in LA that is not a private golf course, that does play real property taxes is Riviera. Uh huh. So I have no problem with you playing Riviera.
0: Okay. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's one, that's the best. I want to put it there and I, I do want to play LACC. It has some historical elements. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No Riviera is, um, is, is the, I've actually, I've only, I've, a, I've looked at it Riviera and I wanted to run around it, but I've never, of course I don't play golf. Well, so. I
0: want to give you, um, a teeny tiny bit of a hard time also. Um, I understand the the uh, idea of focusing some ire on those clubs and, and the imbalance in terms of what they do. But your your complaint really runs to a failure of vision, as much as anything, mm-hmm. a failure of vision in the city planners in, in Los Angeles to build in natural greenland and parkland, which mm-hmm. is kind of a stunning misstep in view of places that you and I have both lived, cities that have managed to capture green yeah. and, and city and, and accommodate development around green spaces yeah l a is so weird in that respect. I' always it's, have a weird experience it in doesn't LA.
2: make any sense because the weather is so perfect you 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 can't imagine a better city to to have parking par, uh, parkland i mean it's like people would use the parks could use the parks every day of the year i mean it's yeah i don't it the whole thing is nuts i mean i was just i just said I was in Europe and I was in um uh Frankfurt and Berlin, mostly Berlin, but in all of those cities, I'm a runner. You can run. There are a million places to run. I mean, green spaces. Like yeah. I was in, I, w- I spent a, on my way to Frankfurt. I stopped in Leipzig. Like, who's ever heard of Leipzig? And in Leipzig, I went from my hotel. I walked for 10 minutes and I was in the city center. And I was at, I went to the river yeah. and they have a park. That runs on either side of the river for miles. Sure, you're you're basically in the country within ten minutes, and yeah. you can run for as long as you want on yeah. a lovely winding, you know, gravel path. It's just like that, and you know, when we 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 spend all this time in this country, um, bemoaning the fact that obesity is our num it's our number one health, um social problem. Yeah, no question about it, and we do nothing to make it easier for people to go out and exercise. So, yeah. I mean, I so that is one my one with respect to my golf thing, I feel bad about uh, attacking a physical activity.
0: Right. You're, you're trying I do. to vilify. I do. I do. I, I do. I grew up 15 years old. I'm at my nine-holer that's 10 minutes away from my house learning yeah. the game with my pals. I
2: just would be, I'd feel better if rich people weren't playing golf at the expensive. <laughs> well, it felt like ordinary. it was a little bit of a proxy,
0: uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, yeah. for, for maybe taking on Maybe like a, this this
2: um, but, but guy I, in charge of our country. Here's one. The, I since we're talking about golf courses. Yeah. The time this really struck home was I was in Atlanta, and I was there's a there's a beautiful public course in the middle of Atlanta, just uh, just to the west of Buckhead, mm-hmm. northwest of Buckhead, like half mile. I don't know if you've ever played it. And um, the there's a there's a attached to it is a public park. The public park is like. 50 acres and it's crammed with people and the golf course is the most gorgeous 300 acres overlooking downtown Atlanta that you've ever seen and I just think you know what come on that's it should be flipped you're in the middle of Atlanta I can't speak to that yeah (laughs) but if you're ever in Atlanta you should play that course because it is
0: yeah is is the park Piedmont Park
2: no, Piedmont okay. is, uh, is much closer to midtown Atlanta know if you know Atlanta, but this is, this is well north of that. I
0: need to get, yeah. My yeah. sister lives in Atlanta and I've only visited her once. I'm not a very good brother. She's been there for five years. i got to do better. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, Malcolm Gladwell, thank you so much for joining us here on House Cards. This was a delight. Thank you, my friend. Thank you.
1: All right. Well, House, thank you very much for, for, for getting those uh, answers on the record from Malcolm. And we thank Malcolm for doing that, despite the fact that House uh, was, was a little hard on him. Of course, I was wonderfully kind to him. So, um, everybody, one last word from Callaway, uh, who are the makers of the number one fairway woods and golf. The latest red-hot fairway wood from Callaway is, of course, the supercharged version of a name you might be very familiar with. The new Steelhead XR Fairway Wood with its recontoured, the old, good old Hawkeye Soul, and ex- explosive face cup technology. The Steelhead XR is longer and more versatile than ever, and it's available now. So go out and hit that Steelhead XR from Callaway, which was developed right below where I'm sitting. I'm house, I'm, I'm literally above the hitting bay where the scientists are uh, going to be. Eh, we're going to give them a little break while we redo the facility. They will let you touch anyway. one. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go try on my way down. So, uh, anyway, good chat. Um, I hope that, uh, we, uh, everybody's okay with us taking off labor day, but then we'll be back the Monday after the Walker cup, uh, September 9th and 10th. And we'll preview the BMW and, uh, kick some good things around here on the,
0: uh, part Of the Ringer Podcast Network.